This is Transistor.fm. Hey friends, today's episode is brought to you by a tool I use all the time, Balsamic. I've been using this tool for years. They make a low-fidelity wireframing tool, and it's specifically geared for non-designers like me. Uh, it's what I use whenever I have an idea I want to clarify in my head. I just open up the web app. It's balsamic.cloud. I turn on the built-in background music they have. It's really good. And I start creating. I immediately get in the zone, and it helps me feel really creative because I'm able to create something right away that's visual. You can try out their free trial. I really recommend it. It's balsamic.cloud. That's balsamic with a Q at the end and then dot cloud. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. All right. <sighs> Saturday night, March 2nd. Where, Saturday night. Where did February go? It, it goes by so fast. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay that February's gone, though. Really? Was, was yeah. February's kind of dreary? Well, it was dreary. I got sick at the end of it. Mm. The horrible cold. Yeah. It was cold. It was really cold. I think though. I think February included the days where it was like negative fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Oh yeah, chill. yeah. My friends in Edmonton, I think, just had the coldest February in forty years. Yeah, I could do without February in general. They could just <laughs> skip it from now on. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a funny one actually, because February is kind of a dreary month. So, yeah, all right. We'll just rename it to something that yeah, let's, so- sounds more cheery. Let's rename it to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Just, just everyone head to Mexico for February. Come back. Because I actually like March quite a bit. March and April, I'm okay yeah. with. Yeah. Now, uh, sorry, I, I we started later than I wanted to. Um, I, I had to drop my kid off at the theater. You were at the office. But I was at the office. I had a random run-in. Oh, yeah. Who'd you run into? So I was at the office for a little bit. Uh, Mike Hurley, if anyone knows who that is, is... Oh, from uh, Relay. Co-founder of Relay.fm, which is a huge podcasting network that um, has a bunch of really popular shows. Um, I met Mike at, I think, the first XOXO. Yeah, that's where I met him, too. And then, and then you met him in the year after. And we've just stayed in touch uh, over the years, like pretty much just through the internet, but I've seen them from time to time. But uh, I had no idea this thing was happening. They were doing a live recording of the Mac Power Users podcast. Oh, no. At, which is on Relay.fm. At Cards. And, uh, at car at the theater. And uh, as, so I gave him a huge hug and just said hi and talked to him for a few minutes. And uh, yeah, it was really weird. That's so crazy. I mean, it was great. It was so good to see him. I haven't seen him in years, but. He's just like a jet-setting celebrity now. Yeah, he's a he's a podcast celebrity for sure. He has his own Wikipedia page. Wow. He's like he shows up at that podcast conference and and signs autographs. Yeah. Wow. That's it is kind of weird. The internet creates a weird uh celebrity yeah. culture. I mean, <laughs> it does. I mean, fa- internet famous to you or I is like people normal people would be like, "Who? What? Yeah. Who cares?" <laughs> Yeah, like if you went out, if you went out into the streets of Chicago right now and said, "Have you heard of Mike Hurley?" They're like the basketball player, and I'm like, I don't know, is there one? 
crazy. Well, that's cool, uh, man. Yeah. And uh, were you just were you at the office to work on transistor stuff or? Yeah, yeah. I was just finishing up a few a few things I had kind of started throughout the week. It's, it's a nice nice place to focus. Yeah. Nice, quiet, and quiet, and uh, yeah, I don't know, peaceful on the weekends. Uh, your your house is quiet and peaceful though too. Yeah. So what is it about Andy. the office that makes you want to go there? Uh, there's a desk to work at. Got it. Yeah. Mostly the desk. It's just, just nice. There's no, there's less distractions. I would say. Yeah, I think there's. Which I think is, a, yeah. There's something about that about getting yeah. in a zone, and I, especially when you're building something on the side. I think so much. So many of us are doing it at home, like you know, waking up early, doing it, working on the at the kitchen table or something. Yeah, I. Uh, if I was to do this full time, I I wouldn't. Yeah. I would not work at home. I'd have to find a way to like rent an office space or something or continue to work out of that office. Maybe that might be weird, but I think you have uh, to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would, I would, I think I would probably go crazy or just never leave and get stir crazy and like Mm -hmm. end up watching movies during the middle of the day or something, (laughs) which I suppose would still be an option, you know, if I needed a a mental break. You need a break. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a that's probably a topic for an episode. Uh, once I do ever, you know, go full time on this thing. Yeah. How how do you how do we work? How, how do you stay focused? How do you stay focused? How do you work? Well, definitely, uh, getting out of the house I found has been really helpful for me. And there's you know I'm in a slack where a guy he built a, a backyard shed office, which is interesting. Yeah, I I know someone who did that. I don't know if it's the same person, but <laughs> I, I, it's actually, I think it's going to be a bigger trend because there's so many people freelancing and working from home. And I think what people realize is that it's actually like we have these different zones in our contextual zones. We've talked about this before, but you know, home is kind of for me where I relax. I actually don't even like visitors. I, I just like home is where I eat cereal and I sit in my sweats, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sweatpants mode yeah. when you get home is and, <laughs> definitely a thing. And so to go from sweatpants mode to like work mode, I, I need a, a, a contextual shift. I need to go somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. I, I historically have not been great at that when I kind of work for myself. Yeah. It was like jump into work immediately when you wake up in sweatpants and then realize that it's 2 p.m. and you haven't taken a shower. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> that that like festering when you've just been in your house all day and just like yeah. oh i yeah i and i actually get a lot of energy from being out of the house the, the ha- like when i get out of the house that's where i kind of come alive so yeah totally yeah anyway uh, uh <laughs> so i think it's good you know people are people want to know how to, uh, i'm sure people have different ways that they're working right now i'm sure this is a struggle if this is something you've struggled with and you're listening right now yeah. At Transistor FM or at John Buddha at MI Justin. Love to hear from you as I'm always. Sure. Yep. Uh, what, have, uh, what have you been working on? What, what did we kind of get done this uh, week? We got a couple, well, big, big things, but in small, big things, small features, uh, seemingly big. They're, they're still big and unfinished, I'd say. Um, so the first one that I was, had been working on for a while 
kind of like went back and forth on it and tried out different things and ended up just going a really simple route was integrating um, the Spotify analytics into our analytics uh, page mm-hmm. for the show. So if you submitted your podcast to Spotify through Transistor, um, you historically had no way to know how your show was doing mm-hmm. or how, how many listens you had from Spotify. Yeah. Because um, they store the media files on their servers, and so we don't get like instant analytics for each download. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have an API that you can you can grab reporting for a day at a time for each show that's on Spotify through our connection. So basically, every day, every morning, we grab analytics for all the shows that we. Um, sent over to Spotify mm-hmm. from the day before. So we get the previous day's analytics for each episode of each show that was listened to. Gotcha. Um, so then we kind of like integrate those back into the analytics and kind of backfill it for the previous day. Um, so we, we've been collecting those for a long time. It was just sort of a question of how we wanted to display those. So um, I did a simple, sort of a simple way for now where you're daily analytics and downloads from Spotify will just be included in your overall analytics for each episode, for total listens, for like total monthly listens, they'll be included in that. Uh, but also adds in Spotify as a, a popular player in the popular players chart that we have. So um, I was poking around. Our, our For this show, it's low. It's like 2% or something like that, mm-hmm. which isn't actually that surprising. Um, some other shows, it's so small that it doesn't actually show up. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like four downloads out of 400 overall or something like that. So it's like, it says it's a player in there, but it doesn't actually show up in the chart. Gotcha. It's not showing anything yet. So there's a ways to go. I mean, there's, this is like the first step, I think. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is something people have been wanting for a long time. Yeah. And I would imagine once they see it, they'll probably be like, that's it. Like what? Yeah, I, I probably I'm actually looking at a show right now. They have 72 percent of their listens happens on Spotify. Wow. Yeah, and they had a they had a really big jump. Um, I, they must have kind of hit the Spotify featured or algorithm yeah. or something because huh. they have a ton of streams on one. The whole like walled garden platforms are I don't know they're a little annoying. I, Spotify in general because they store the files on their servers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, does Stitcher do that? Yeah. Someone else does. I yeah, Stitcher. Stitcher does that, yeah. So I, I I don't even know how we record Stitcher downloads right now. We might not, if that's the thing. Yeah, uh, I should actually look and see. Or if there's a way to get those. There's a way um, to get them. And they, they might be, they might actually be doing it a little bit differently. And to be honest, like ever since they were acquired, I haven't kept up to date with what their new plan is. Stitcher yeah. used to be a uh, quite a popular podcast player because it was the only way to stream episodes uh, for a long time. Okay, and it was the only one available on Android for a long time. But uh, it it has since kind of become not that important for uh, for you know in terms of popular podcast players. And yeah, it's it. This whole idea of the walled garden has definitely been contentious. Um, oh yeah, no, we we ha- we show Stitcher. 
yeah um i have a show where stitcher is three percent right now of the the product people show um inter- uh, what's spotify on product people does it even show up no, <laughs> I don't have, huh. I don't even have enough to, to show up there. Yeah, right. But yeah, this walled garden thing, um, it, it, what some people don't realize is that Apple Podcasts, which has been the biggest kind of podcast player and directory, they don't host the files. Uh, I, right. I have to tell this to people in coffee shops all the time. Whenever you click play or download in Apple Podcasts or iTunes or really any of the other players, it is downloading that file from Transistor's media server, mm-hmm. if if we're the podcast host. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, these these places that sort of store these files locally on their end, it, I don't know, it just sort of... I mean, I, on one hand, I get it, mm-hmm. but um, so I feel like it just kind of goes against the whole like open RSS feed type of thing where they're taking something that you control and now they control it without really without telling you Mm -hmm. kind of yeah Um, a lot of people probably don't realize that when they submit to spotify spotify is grabbing their feed rehosting those files and we've actually had customer support problems because of this yeah like uh, what what are some of them um uh some of them have been hey i uploaded new audio and it's not showing up in spotify or um I changed the title of my episode and it didn't change in Spotify. And we're like, well, uh, we'll ask. Yeah. And right now, mostly to, we have to, there's no way for, for our customers to resolve things directly with Spotify. They have to go through us as a middle person. So they contact us, our support. And then that's the whole, that's the thing that's annoying. Because if, if they were just using RSS, as soon as, almost, Instantly, as soon as, like as soon as they make a change in that RSS feed, it is available to update any client, any directory, anything. It depends how frequently they update it on their side. Yeah, I mean, especially the media file. If they upload a, uploaded a new audio file, that would be available immediately. Um, if if those places are not storing the file locally, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think you know places like Overcast or. Who, whatever that that sort of keep pulling rss feeds for changes it's up to them and how they how they sort of update shows if information changes and if they if they only add new episodes or if they're always updating all the old information which would be that'd be tough i mean i can imagine marco who runs overcast has dealt with that and it's probably like really frustrating at times yeah dealing with terrible content or whatever yeah. I, and so what is this pass-through mode? What, what is so, that, what's that about? Yeah. So last week, I think we talked about Spotify emailed us with a, a few API updates that help us out a little bit here and there. But the one thing they mentioned is you can submit the show to Spotify with this pass-through option as either true or false. Okay. So if you set pass-through to true, they don't cache the file. Really? So every download through Spotify hits Transistor. Interesting. Which would be cool. Uh, you know, obviously it costs us bandwidth now. Yeah. If we wanted to do that. So I emailed them back and I asked a little bit more about it. And if we wanted to, could we retroactively turn all of our shows to pass through? And they said we could. Hmm. So 
for analytics purposes, that would be actually be great. Okay. What, why would it be better? I, I think it would just kind of put the control back into us, right? Gotcha. Because right now you're having to kind of go in and backfill from the previous day. Pre- yeah. Backfill from the previous day as opposed to recording the download as it happens. Mm. Um, it's not as real time. This It's not as real time the way we have to do it right now. Exactly. So we actually miss out on some stuff like hourly listens for the current day mm. are not added in. We can't really go back and like reprocess all the downloads if we need to and want to change stuff. Gotcha. Um, we just, get, I think we just get a bit more accurate information. Yeah. And if we, if we ever wanted to do dynamic ads or dynamic content or anything like that, this would right. also enable that. Cause if they're caching the file, right. Then you can't update it kind of dynamically. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm wondering if a lot of like hosting platforms actually use the pass through option. I think it's been an option for a while, but it sort of was like a private unknown thing. I think gotcha. you had to ask for probably because a lot of people were asking for it. So, uh, so we'll, we'll keep investigating that. Yeah. It is interesting because I mean, for a small player like us, it is, you're always kind of choosing on one side, we don't have to pay for the bandwidth for those. Right. And bandwidth can be really expensive, especially some of these shows that go crazy on Spotify um, you know, that can cost a lot of money. On the other side, you know, we give up so much control to them. Have we talked about externalities yet on the show? I don't, I don't think so. So do you, do you know what an externality is? Uh, not, not exactly. I mean, it's, it's basically an expense that a business incurs, but it's not, doesn't show up on their balance sheet. So if I have a factory and I just dump our waste in the river and I don't nobody knows about it, that's an externality. There's a cost for that, but it it's not um, it doesn't show up on the company's balance sheet. Right. And in a sense, right now, and, and I'm sure this wasn't intentional, but um, one of the externalities that Spotify has is that we do a lot of their customer support for them. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it costing us time. Yeah. Because every because we get a lot of questions. Now we do to be fair, we actually do customer support for Apple. We do customer support for lots of people. Right. I mean, you know, I, I yeah, we kind of have to I think as as the platform because a lot of people are just they don't they don't know where to go. They don't know where to start. And sometimes these platforms, you know, their docs aren't that good. They're they're hard to navigate. Uh, I I think it's interesting to bring it up though because often it's the small business that is is kind of bearing that weight, right? Because right. we want to give our customers a great experience, and for for us that means going the extra mile. I mean, I will I will sh- I will show people step by step how to submit their podcast to Apple Podcasts, but that's not even my platform. I'm just right. <laughs> you know, I'm just yeah. helping people get get in there, and. Uh, yeah, I think I think there's some externalities right now that uh that are kind of frustrating, but that's that's what we're here for. That that's well, that's what we're here for and we're also we're stuck. We 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 can't really take a stand and say, well, we're not, you know, we don't have the power in that relationship. Right. And uh, I mean the th- I think the thing going forward that we have to watch out for is is Spotify like downsampling audio? Are they changing the audio at all? Mm-hmm. And if and when they start adding in like advertisements, like, you know, our customers might be a little upset about that or if they alter the audio in such a way that isn't really up to their standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we we would hear about that if they all of a sudden downsample everything to, you know, uh, what forty eight kilobits or something. Um, yeah, that people would get upset. You know, that would be yeah, interesting. So that is that's the kind of the first um, pass or the first iteration of our Spotify analytics is available right now. Uh, I think this is actually huge. I know you were saying this feels small and it's very basic, but uh, for me, this is huge because it's something our customers have wanted. We can finally show Spotify on the dashboard, which is a question a lot of folks had. Where is Spotify? Why is it not there? Yeah, right. Um, and so it gives our customers at least a unified view of what's going on. Cool. So what? Uh, yeah. What are you? What are you thinking about? Well, I mean, there's a few things I, I thought I could talk about. I what, Related to this, I think, is this idea of um, we've all heard people say, you know, uh, don't just stand there, do something. And it feels like so much in business and work is about like, don't just stand there, do something, you know, like something happens and it's like everyone's expected to react right away. We've we've kind of um, valued or maybe maybe overvalued how fast we can react I wonder if sometimes the best plan is to just do nothing, just wait and see what happens. And maybe a good example of this is the latest Apple pod- podcast kerfuffle. We'll just switch. This is kind of yeah. always just us ragging on the platforms. <laughs> this episode is entitled <laughs> Justin and John complain about yeah, other platforms. multinationals. <laughs> but Apple sent out this email on February 27th to all podcasters. Big deal. We actually, podcasters don't hear from Apple very often. And so when when they send right. out an email, it is like top of Reddit. It's top of, everyone's talking about it. And they had a bunch of suggestions, but they were, they were negative suggestions, meaning if you do this, you will be penalized. Now, some of this was kind of good stuff, stuff that we're already doing and suggesting for our customers, um, basically incorporating the metadata that Apple, <laughs> the iTunes metadata in the podcast feed, we're already doing that for our customers. The The, the one that st- stood out that everyone started talking about was <laughs> they said that podcasts with episode numbers in the titles would be penalized, meaning they would be removed from the directory. And uh, we don't do this on our show, but there's tons of shows that do this, very big shows that put in the title, they'll put, you know, EP and then the number or just the number. And this is kind of a holdover from a long time ago. It, it's still helpful, I think, in some podcast players for people to see which episode, you know, this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Apple has a a value now that you can include in the RSS feed that allows you to identify that number. So you know, you don't need to put it in the title. So their way is better, but... Yeah, I get it. I, it's a cleaner... Like, I'm sure they, they're looking at it, like, aesthetically, and they don't want it to say episode 22 and then episode 22 title. That's right. Like, yeah, it it just... It, it, it makes sense. But <laughs> this idea that some folks would have to go through, like, hundreds or even thousands of episodes and yeah. remove their, you know, number from their title... People were writing blog posts about this. They were making YouTube videos. Like there was, it was, it was everywhere. And on our side, we started to get customers asking us to make tools to remove the episode numbers from their titles. Yeah. 
And this is not, it, it, it's not as easy. Like we could make a tool that did maybe one show, but mm-hmm. you know, some people use EP, some people use just the number, some people put it at the end, some people put it at the beginning. Right. It, it, and if you had a number in your title, how are we to differentiate that? Like if it's like 100th anniversary, well, how are we to differentiate that from an exactly, episode title? Yeah. So it's messy. But then on March 1st, actually, this is super weird. On March 1st, Apple sends two emails. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't I didn't get the emails. Okay, you didn't get the emails. So... <laughs> This is super weird. They, sorry, on Thursday, February 28th, so the day after it, they send out just this really quick email that looks like it was almost like not proofread. It was kind of a little bit like sloppy. And it just says in bold letters, your show won't be removed for having episode numbers in the episode titles. Like it's just like really spells it out. So they, they clearly gotten a lot of feedback about this. And then, this is after we haven't, we haven't heard from Apple in a long time. And then on March 1st, we get another email that says the same thing, huh. but then they added a couple more paragraphs to it. So, kind of a weird... Uh, yeah, weird, someone hit send on accident. Or, I don't know, or they just decided to get something out super quick, and then uh, they sent the same thing out again, but with more stuff. Yeah. It's, it's super weird. My point is... <laughs> Now, like we could have reacted really quick. We could have, you know, sent out an email. I was going to send an email to our customers explaining all this. That was my initial kind of like uh, reaction was to go, okay, I, we got we to gotta let our customers know. We got to stay on top of this. We, but, and I'm sure there's times to do this to react quickly. But in this case, now there really is no story that right. people who have episode titles Episode numbers in their titles can continue to do that. They're fine. I think in most cases, that's probably the better way to go. Yeah. To not react so fast. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Kind of think about it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad they sort of followed up. and Because, and, yeah, I mean, it, it's not surprising they got tons of feedback about like, what are you doing? I think the, the the thing that it makes me think, and some of this is from following Jason Freed for so long, and he just has this kind of methodical, I mean, this is the way it appears anyway, but just thoughtful, don't react too quickly, let things kind of sit and simmer for a bit. And the the more I've done that in my life, and especially in work and with business, those those kind of knee-jerk reactions... I never make good decisions. No. It's it's like when I try to act quickly, it's not like I'm doing my best work or my best thinking or my best decision making. And I think this comes back to this idea of like making good decisions is hard. And there's this whole phase of exploration where you're just figuring out what you don't know and you don't yet have a clear picture of where you're going. And you're kind of pushing this rock up the hill. And it's not until you get to the top that you can see you have a perspective of, oh, I can see now where I'm going. And then at that point, making the decision is easy. And in this case, it kind of felt like that. Like, okay, I'm going to like read all the material. I'm going to see what other people are doing, but I'm just going to wait. And then 
when the dust cleared, I just felt like, oh, well, it's easy now. The decision yeah. is easy to make. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say that this whole thing kind of added a little bit of extra perspective to another problem we've been having recently. Okay, what's that? Which is related to this, which is it's very much related to the episode number field mm-hmm. on in Transistor and how when you edit an episode, you can change the episode number. Mm-hmm. And that's the episode number that we have in there is basically there only for Apple. Gotcha, yeah. But we also use that number to display the episode number on uh, within our dashboard and I think within our, our hosted websites. Mm-hmm, yeah. But we, re- we restrict it to be a number. Yeah. It has to be an integer. It's not a free-form text field. Uh, and that's because Apple requires that to be a number. Mm-hmm. So it actually, like, that number specifies how the episodes show up in the podcast app, like in what order they show up. It's not really the release date necessarily because mm-hmm. you can like have a release date be different from an episode number and it show up differently, which is super confusing. <laughs> but we have some customers who are like, I just added an episode. It is episode, uh, I like uh, the previous one is episode 22. Mm-hmm. I just added this other one. It's a bonus episode. It's showing up as episode 23 but it's not actually episode 23. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, okay, I need to think about that and how we do that. So honestly, we need to have, like, I this sort of brought it the picture a little bit clearer as far as, like, how people use it and how iTunes needs it. So we really just need, like, a separate field that's, like, behind the scenes, it's setting episode numbers for iTunes. And then... People can fill out this free form field that's like whatever you want it to be, be like bonus one. Yeah. Or, and like, because you can't use that to order it in any way. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like a display field for the episode number, not necessarily yeah. used for any sort of like ordering purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that totally makes sense to me. The cause semantics, man, they're so hard. But, if you in your head, if like you're like this, like for us, this is episode forty-seven, uh, forty-eight. Sorry, right? Forty-eight. So if you go yeah. to saas.transistor.fm/slash forty-eight, you'll get our show notes. But if I put out a bonus episode, right? That's just five minutes. In my head, I'm like, no, that's not an episode. That's just a bonus. I don't want that to show up as forty-nine. Does it doesn't deserve forty-nine? But people should be able to go to. Transistor.fm slash bonus one. B1, yeah. And, and B1 and see it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I can understand the customer's perspective there, but I can see how it gets messy on our side. Um, those those kind of problems actually excite me a lot more because it's it's this challenge of making what is complex on our side simple for the customer. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's actually fun to figure out. Mm-hmm. I think initially it's like there's a phase where you're like... <laughs> That is annoying and frustrating. Yeah. And then, right, and then you think about it and you don't do anything. It's the research phase. It's the thinking about it thoughtfully. uh, And then you come to a conclusion where you're like, oh, yeah. You're like taking a shower and you're like, aha. Yeah, you got it. Um, So, John, we just recently switched project management software. We did. We were using Pivotal uh, and now we're using something new. We are. What are we using? 
we switched to uh, Clubhouse, which is something that um, I've actually been using for uh, maybe a year. Okay, wow. At Cards, at Cards Against Humanity and Black Box, maybe, eh, I don't know, almost a year, I'd say. Yeah. And we were using Pivotal there as well. Um, seemingly came out of nowhere. I, it's been around for a couple of years and like just sort of fell in our lap and we were like, Holy crap, this thing is awesome. Yeah. What what uh I, what I remember about it is we were in Portland hanging out with some other people and you and Mike were talking about it. We're like so I've never heard two developers talk about project <laughs> management software in such yeah. glowing terms. <laughs> because there's never one that's like most of the project management software I've used is like there's always something about it that is just like of super annoying. There's never one that just like works well for kind of any way you want it. Yeah. And or, or like doesn't look good and it's just like a mess. Yeah. And this was just like where did this come from? This is awesome. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the beauty of it. It's project management software that brings uh for software development, but it brings everybody together. So think about something like Jira. It's very overwhelming. It's it's an overwhelming platform even for developers. But for product folks, marketing, support, it's even more taxing. And Clubhouse was designed to be developer first, but simple and intuitive enough that all teams, even a jackass like me, can enjoy using it. And uh, this is really cool. Visitor, uh, visitors, listeners of our podcast can sign up for two free months of Clubhouse by visiting clubhouse.io slash build. You got that? I, I chose build because... I didn't want people typing out SAS. Yeah, that works. That's great. I, I, I thought, hey. So clubhouse.io slash build. Since I've actually released this URL, I couldn't believe, because I can see who signs up with it. I think I had five people in a day sign up and try Clubhouse, and they got two free months. So I hope I hope they like it, because it's... It, Honestly, I, I would recommend it if they weren't even sponsoring. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how they found us is that we were talking about it on the show saying, yeah. man, this is, it, it, this is really great. Uh, in the show notes, I'll include a, a screenshot of how we're using Clubhouse. So thanks to them. Uh, I think we've got a few minutes to go through a few more things. Yeah. So you, uh, well, yeah, what did you just do? <laughs> you, you were doing you did some sort of billing update? I did a billing update. I did. I don't know if we talked about it last week or not. I don't think so. No. Okay. So I, uh, I was realizing I was looking through Stripe, and realizing that we had a lot of customers that were basically in Stripe marked as like unpaid. Their subscriptions were unpaid, which means they had at least one invoice that uh, failed to be paid like four times because it, it retries like intelligently over time, mm-hmm. which then marks their subscription as unpaid. Um, which puts their account to like this delinquent status, which means they're like overdue for payment. Yeah. Um, and Stripe, we have it set up so that Stripe will send out an email when your payment fails, like the last time, right? Okay, yeah. For you to go and like update your account settings. But I think a lot of those emails go into spam or they're just not seen. So we had we had like a handful of customers who had been using our platform for months mm-hmm. without, without paying. Um. For them, like I don't think it's not really their fault. Like they don't, if they didn't see the email, they would they wouldn't know. They'd just be like, "Oh, it still works fine." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I implemented an update that would actually like have this call out 
in Transistor that says, hey, your account has, has been unpaid since this point in time. Gotcha. Um, it, it actually like prevents them from adding new episodes to their show, which is a pretty good incentive for them to pay mm-hmm. um, without trying to be like super annoying or like, I don't know, mean about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just sort of points them to like go update their payment information. Yeah. Um, but what it also does is actually attempts in the background to collect unpaid invoices from the past, which could be more than one, at which point they'd get like a bunch of emails and charges on their card at once. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, which we've actually had some customer support for being like, why did I just get charged four times in a row? Yeah. Although people have been pretty understanding about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I can see where they'd be like, that's weird. Yeah. Where'd that come from? It was working fine a few days ago. Um, so, you know, I think the update's been good. We actually have collected a bunch of, like, lost revenue or would have been lost revenue. Um, going forward, you know, I don't think people will go more than a month without paying an invoice because they can't do anything on their show. So I think going forward, it won't be as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um and this this largely like came out of I think an article that you had sent my way. Yep. About it's on the Churnbuster blog. Yeah, I know those folks. They're they're great. Yeah, we'll add we'll add a link uh, in the in the show notes. But the basic premise is like you know don't necessarily like automatically cancel someone's account if they're mm-hmm. unpaid. Like yeah. give them the option to to pay and like get back into good standing. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had a, a couple of other recommendations, which I guess we could do going forward, which is like, let them choose how many old invoices they want to pay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, which could be interesting. Or, you know, they were like, just pay the last one and like, forget about the rest. Yeah. And just like, they can be marked as like uncollectible debt for your taxes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a good that was a good blog post. It's like don't necessarily like remind them every month that they have an upcoming payment. Just charge them, send them a receipt. Mm-hmm. Um, let them know that it. Let them know a payment failed, but but also like don't don't email them when their card's about to expire because a lot of cards these days will. There's some new system that like automatically updates the expiration date if the card number doesn't change yeah which is cool i I actually didn't know that um so anyway i I think it's it's a super like automating that stuff is like a pretty big deal for for SaaS companies oh for sure yeah i I mean we have a a slack channel that's dedicated to slack uh sorry to stripe payments yeah and Mm -hmm. i mean you will see failed payments all day all the time i mean every day it's like a handful and I see him and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's and it, it's frustrating because it could mean so many things. Sometimes it means, uh, often actually with Stripe, the one I see quite a bit is the banks sometimes won't trust the charge the first time. And it's specifically with Stripe. And so they, yeah. they'll just return a, a code that says, do not honor. But what that means is that the customer just needs to call the bank and say, hey, I want these charges to go through. But yeah. sometimes the customers don't know about it. Right. And yeah, I mean, we're providing a service. We need to get paid for it. And so mm-hmm. staying on top of that stuff is super important for us. Yeah, it is. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like once you start seeing the notifications, it's kind of it's kind of amazing how often it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would surprise people. You know, they'd think, oh, well, you know, you guys have all these customers and payments are just rolling in and it's great. But there's like yeah. a lot of failed charges. And yeah. it's actually to get to the bottom of why they're failed is is not always easy. Yeah, sometimes it's just like payment. It's just like card declined is the code. You're like, okay, yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it could mean that their their card is full. Like, there's so many things. Yeah, so that was that was a big change. There's uh, still a number of things as far as like managing your your subscription within Transistor um, that I need to finish up. I was actually working on today, which is like upgrading if you want to like ch- switch to yearly. Yeah. Or if you want to actually upgrade to a different plan um, on your own, you can do that. So yeah, that'll be huge too, because then we'll get that expansion revenue. Yeah, we've had a lot of requests for people to be like, "Hey, can we? Can I switch to yearly?" Because they can't do it themselves yet. Yeah, cool. That's great, man. Uh, in the last few minutes, I think one thing I'll ask you. This is good. this is a total uh, out of left field here, but we just got a uh, we just got a support request that says. Uh-huh. Hackers are trying to get into my PIDcast immediately, freeze any login attempts. My forced amendment and transistor's reputation and future is at stake. These people only care about destroying your site. Wow. Now, <laughs> now this, could be, this could be real, but my guess is it's not. But I wanted to just bring it up because I see these kind of messages all the time, when, like when you're running a service. And so... <laughs> I want you to look at this this thing. Now, I looked for his this person's account. I can't see this an account in this person's name, so I'm okay. gu- I'm guessing that it's this is just a some sort of phishing attempt. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's written poorly. It's written poorly. It's. I don't it's know a, what my forced amendment. <laughs> first, is that supposed to be my first amendment? Yeah, yeah. Like my first amendment rights or something. I think a four year old wrote this email. They have a, they, they're missing their two front teeth. My first amendment. <laughs> like I don't want to. Ma- I don't want to make fun of it because maybe it's real. But if this person doesn't have an account with us, then I don't know. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring it up because I think um, I I I see these all the time, and so. Uh, uh, my my inclination was this is not real, and I, I've there there's no account that I can find associated with that email address. So uh, I just think it's just another interesting like look into SaaS life. Like you get weird yeah. emails and messages from people all the time, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know you have to figure out what to do with them, right? So I mean, yeah. my first thing was I was like, okay. Is this person uh, a customer? I don't see any. Have we had any other communication? No. You know, I'm sure we could actually check the IP address and and be like, you know, who is this person? But yeah, just <laughs> I had something else on our on our notes here to re- talk about, but I'm like, ah, let's just talk about this. This is yeah, we can save that for next time. This is oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, it's just I mean, you got to you know, you have to take everything seriously at first. I think I think once you get down to it, you're like. Mm, yeah i don't think so yeah this is like probably another good example of maybe you don't want to wait too long but you can just sit yeah, back I, and <laughs> my uh my friends i think i mentioned last time about or the episode before who who sort of like had uh they're they had like a, a dashboard on their they could do stuff from their phone like if they were out and like restart servers and add servers and stuff yeah they 
they ran a game and they would a lot of kids played it. Gotcha. Yeah. So they'd be dealing with like support requests from kids, but then like then then like these kids would be like this this other person like stole a bunch of stuff from my account, <laughs> and and then they end up having to like talk to these kids' parents and like oh my god and like and be like teach your kid to like not be a, a jerk on the internet. <laughs> And they'd be like, oh, I'm so... The parents would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> they'd be like, parent these kids. Oh, my gosh. So I guess at least we don't have to deal with that. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks again for listening. Uh, John, why don't you take folks through our Patreon supporters? All right. As always, thanks to everyone uh, for supporting the show. Um, we have... Kyle Fox at GetRewardful.com. Uh, Dan Buddha, who is my brother. DanBuddha.com. DanBuddha.com. Uh, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Kevin Markham, Sammy Schuchert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. Dave loves it when you say that, by the way. <laughs> hey, Dave. How you doing? This is the advantage. This is the advantage of being a Patreon supporter is that, you know, we, we did a whole episode on how I pronounced Adam Devander's name, too. So, yeah, right. you know, these are, these are just the perks. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, as we mentioned before, Clubhouse and Balsamic. Yeah, so Balsamic. go to clubhouse.io slash build and go to balsamic.cloud. And when you sign up, just always say, hey, the Build Your SaaS folks sent us, and we will see you next week. Balsamic or balsamic? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of the vinegar. Uh, I, I'm probably saying that wrong now. No, I don't no, know. No, I think it's balsamic like the vinegar. But am I just saying it? Do I have some funky Canadian accent? I think probably. But maybe I have an American accent. All right, folks. That's the thing. You got to write in at Transistor FM and include at balsamic and tell us how you say balsamic. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.